okay. I know that Van Halen replaced David Lee Roth with Sammy Hagar, and they went on to have huge success with him. But most bands who have tried replacing an iconic musician have not been nearly, nearly as lucky. Now, while I personally prefer Dave Navarro's playing over John Frusciante's, most Red Hot Chitley Peppers fans don't agree with me. <laughs> and it was a great outcry for, uh, for Frusciante's return. And uh, and they did eventually get what they wanted, but I'm a, I'm a Navarro guy. In any case, on this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, we're going to discuss 10 musician replacements that virtually no one liked. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Moms and dads, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi, but everybody, all my friends, all my fans, pretty much everybody that knows anything about anything calls me Ludini. Actually, that's not true. Nobody calls me Ludini. <laughs> yeah, I, say, <clears throat> I just call myself that because I think sometimes I'm big shit and I'm like little shit. So I am a little shit. This is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast uh, where we bring you uh, a fun-filled Hour of music, talk, joking around, busting balls, having some fun. We pick a topic, tear it apart, mock uh, everything you love, make fun out of all the great music. This is just what we do here because we are, ir are irreverent assholes. Um, you can find out more about our irreverent assholery at ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Uh, all kind of great stuff there. There's our YouTube archive, links to things like merchandise, if you care about stuff like that, ways to get on in on giveaways. Uh, there's access to our private Facebook group where uh, those of you that uh, follow all the time, you're there. And we, the cool thing about the Facebook group is you get to hang out with us live and we interact with you and it's a fun time. So check that out, Lou Lombardi, excuse me, uh, ludinirockandrollcircus.com. I also want to give a shout out to rockrageradio.com. Uh, some of you are listening right now on Rock Rage Radio because you haven't gone to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com and got all the cool shit. So you're just hanging on Rock Rage Radio. But we love Rock Rage Radio. Why? Because it's a totally free app that you download and you can listen to great music content 24 7. Totally freaking free. Freaking free. Say that 20 times fast. And speaking of freaking free, this this is not free, but if you would like a custom paint job done on your musical instrument, custom artwork on your musical instrument, this is what wolfscustoms.online is all about. They do really uh, amazing magical transformations on your Stratocaster, your Telecaster, your Swinet, whatever you play, your lute. Oh, there you go. Your tambourine. Cowbell. Mm. Your cowbell, your mm -hmm. kazoo, whatever you play. Even if you play something as mundane as the bass guitar, right? Ah, hey, uh, hey, that's, hey, a hey, that's a joke. Hey, that's a joke. Sir? I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> hope you're not offended I'm just saying uh, but anyways uh, talk to Chris Thunderwolf Dotson at wolfscustoms.online they do amazing work um, we are once again the power trio we are eagerly anticipating the return of Keith the Hawk Hawkins at some point I know some people keep asking about him Billy Altman and people like that thank you so much we love Keith and we want him back as soon as possible there's just some scheduling things going on um, we've got Lily V6 what's up Ooh, we have Lily V6 Again? Again, what's up? We, okay, that's a little better. Uh, we we also have Pittsburgh Kevin. What's up, Pittsburgh Kevin? Hey, everybody. How you doing? Yeah, right. Great to hear from uh, the whole group here. Uh, so we're going to have a good show tonight. We are talking about these uh, replacements, you know, <clears throat> of these uh, iconic musicians. And you know, sometimes, guys, right, you just can't. No. You just shouldn't. Just, you know what I mean? You got the guy in there. The whole vibe is right. And you try to throw another, it's no, it's just, just because no. Because you can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and um, there are, you know, we're going to talk about all kind of fun stuff tonight. But at some point, I do want to bring up my theory on why Gary Sharon did not work in Van Halen. Okay. I want to talk about that. Right. And I also want to talk about a band that refused to replace anybody and went out 
absolutely at the top of their game. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. So um, usually, as always, we start with the lovely and talented Miss Lily V6. <clears throat> and she is looking marvelous this evening. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, what is that T-shirt you're wearing? This is my macabre mm-hmm. yeah. T-shirt that says "Let's Dance." And it's got two skeletons right. dancing. Dancing. It's a kind of still, <laughs> still like we're still gonna. I think we're kind of always in a Halloween kind well, of mood. Well, this is here, just yeah. my vibe. So. And uh, I am proudly wearing my. <laughs> Pittsburgh Guitars t-shirt. Yay. Pittsburgh yeah. Guitars. We got to hang out with those guys for a few minutes at the uh, Pittsburgh Guitar Show a couple weeks ago. Nice. And uh, it was great to see them representing. And yeah. I bought the strings. I, I haven't yes. yet to put on my guitar yet. But <clears throat> Okay, so let's start with Lily V6. And let's, whoever, there's no order, by the way, guys. This is just a freewheeling conversation. Uh, if you are watching live on Facebook, chime in with comments, questions, your picks. And uh, we'll give you shout outs as we go along. Well, I do want to say Bill Damiano and Chris Thunderwolf and Raven are on. Hello. First of all. Hello. Right then. Surely good. Well, along with other people who are not speaking, but you know. That's well, okay. we're so glad to have anybody. You don't have to speak. <clears throat> you know, I find out about people that listen to this podcast all the time. They didn't know that, that, that listen. They don't chime in on stuff. They just, they're just. They're just here. They're just in their playlist with the other podcasts mm-hmm, that they mm-hmm, like to listen mm-hmm. to. And um, I was at a, uh, a, a family dinner and my sister, Joanne, her uh, boyfriend is a guitar player. Or her boyfriend. She would kill me. Her husband is a guitar <laughs> player in a w- really well-established band in Pittsburgh. And uh, she was, she was telling us about this friend of theirs. He's a drummer, and he absolutely loves our podcast. Sweet. <clears throat> so it's awesome to hear that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com, and, you know, we'd love to have you. That's all we're saying. So Anyway. Anyways, we got Lily V6 <laughs> here, and, and uh, she's going to start uh, kick us off with her first uh, idea. Her I'm going to start off with The Who. Uh, Kenny Jones replaced Keith Moon. Uh, Keith Moon was one of the most gifted drummers of the album rock era. Uh, Moon the Loon was stated to be irreplaceable, but that did not stop the band from trying. Uh, After his 1978 drug overdose death, Townsend issued the statement, We are more determined than ever to carry on, and we want uh, the spirit of the group to which Keith contributed so much to go on, although no human being can ever take his place. Drummer Phil Collins, having a temporary break from Genesis after his first marriage had failed, uh, was at a loose end and asked to replace Moon, but Townsend had already asked Kenny Jones... He's a drinking that buddy. That would have been oh, interesting to wow. have Phil Collins right. on the drum. <laughs> Phil's a pretty good drummer. Like people don't people forget he was a drummer in freaking Genesis when they right. were a progressive rock band. Yep. Yes. So he can play the freaking drums. <laughs> he can do that. Uh, Kenny Jones was a drinking buddy of Townsend's though, and he uh, had previous play- previously played with the Small Faces and Faces. Uh, Jones' drumming style was very different from Moon's, a little more laid back. Uh, this drew criticism within the band. Within the band, he struggled to adapt to the band's changing, more commercial sound uh manning the skins for only two albums face dances and it's hard uh daltrey himself didn't think he was the right person for the job uh moon had already set that bar high and those uh were big shoes to fill um he was officially let go in 1989 and i didn't read past that so i don't know who they got after that Uh, it's not zach starkey the drummer for the who somebody look that up somebody look who the current drummer is for the who i think it's zach starkey (laughs) i was like i saw you okay going for it so that's I, you I, I think. good I, question that's a good I mean, question and, or maybe he played with that see that that, that concert they did for new york after the 9 11 towers yeah. uh-huh. i'm almost positive that was zach starkey I think, on drums and he played i think you're right <clears throat> but pino paladino is playing bass the who just can't stop they, well. that literally john entwistle body was not cold and like they were like hey pino <laughs> we doing tomorrow night they played like the next freaking night yep. they, you know well you know when you got pino paladino I mean, like, that's he's the sh- like. Wait, what's up, Lou? You are absolutely wrong. Correct. It is Zach Starkey, everybody. Ringo Starr's son. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. We actually, I think we talked about that several weeks ago. And and, um, and just another sort of who <clears throat> drummer connection. Um, Roger Daltrey did a record, a solo record in the 80s. And this is one of those records, I don't know if it's a good record or not, but it was all over the radio at like a real important time in my like, you know, adolescence, Hank, you know, you know, girls, you know, friends, school, mm-hmm. high school, the whole mm-hmm. thing, <clears throat> learning to drive, all that. And um, there, he, he has a song on there called Under a Raging Moon, and it has a dual drum solo at the end. 
Oh, wow. And it is Zach Starkey and Jason Bonham trading off. Really? And if I you have not listened know. to it in a long time, oh. go listen to the full or version. The out. DVE <laughs> used to play the full version, oh. and they would. And the, the music is playing. They're like playing over chord changes. It's not like just them playing, but <clears throat> it is very, uh, very, very cool. And future, you know, Zach ended up being uh, the drummer for the Who. What I wanted to kind of throw out there, since we're since this, since you brought this up like immediately. This Sorry. is your first pick. That's, oh, it's good. Mm, very um, good. You know, this is why Led Zeppelin did what they did. They were like, we can't replace anybody. It's not going to be Led Zeppelin. We just can't. It's sorry. And they quit like right at the peak, man. They were really on top. They'd only been a band, band for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every album was, you know, you know, so there's better and worse Led Zeppelin albums by a lot of people's uh, opinions, but really every album is really great, all very, very listenable, and of course Led Zeppelin. You know, um, so they were just they just stopped. They just were not going to do that. And if you think about it, like there is no replacing Keith Moon. I mean, nothing no. against Zach Starkey, but there. Is, I mean, come on, dude, that guy was such a huge part of the like that band's personality. He had a charisma as a drummer. Yeah. Which is a thing. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the thing. That's a thing. People don't realize, too. Like, maybe I think bands don't realize. Maybe they're too close to it or something. But <clears throat> we like all the different personalities and way that all, and everybody's look. And like, it's like a mm-hmm, whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. You know what I mean? Like, you, we would get the album, right? And we would look at the guys on the, we'd sit and look at our cover. Yeah. And we look at the guy, and we would kind of compare and contrast the different guys. And like, you know, there was always, you know, like, oh, Michael Anthony was the kind of like, hipster jokester mm-hmm. like roly-poly yeah. you know yeah. fun party guy like you could yeah. just pick you know pick him out um and there was always you know like uh uh bunny carlos you know what i mean like stands <laughs> yeah. completely you know the dad so, so you got all you got like the members of the band their personalities their looks and everything became part of the whole, whole band experience whole package yeah and so when you start fucking around with the lineups mm-hmm. fans aren't gonna like that this is something mm-hmm. like i heard um uh Rick Beato talked about one of the reasons why jazz struggles so bad is because, like, nobody keeps a band together. Mm-hmm. Jazz musicians are so, like, you know, got to make money, got to make money. And you have to. I get it. It's hard to make money in the music business. But they'll just, whoever's paying the best, they'll go on tour with the next person. And, like, nobody ever has the same band twice mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you can't, it's hard for people to connect. And that is something where rock bands fuck up when they do shit like this. Because... It makes it a lot harder to connect. You guys just don't get it. They're taking the characters away yeah, they're taking from the, the story. Like, you're right. You're taking the characters <laughs> out of the story. Or like imagine the cast of your favorite television show. When they change. Yeah. Right. So so the A-team is coming out, but uh, this season we're not going to have Mr. T. We're going to have Carl Weathers or something. You know? Yeah, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. People are going to be ah, you can't do that. You've got to have those guys. Yeah. And... Um, that that's how that that's how it is with, with rock bands. I think that's why this is such a sticky subject, you know. Mm-hmm. And there are, but there are times, right, when, when it, it works. When it works, and, and there is there is the um, the exception that proves the rule. We'll talk about that later. But um, so I think that's a good one. So do you, is there anything else you want to add to that? That's well, all I have on that's mine. You have on yep. yours. Okay, very cool. Yep. That's a, that's a good pick. Uh, Pittsburgh. Kevin, Kevin, what do you got, buddy? So uh, by, uh, back in the year 2000, my then wife and I decided we we're going to go see Journey. So uh, we go, we get the tickets, we get on the, I think it was Plumbo Center, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, Journey, they come out and they start singing, and I'm like looking at my ex-wife, and I'm like, Mm-mm. Steve has really changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is that even Steve? And he's singing, I'm like, it sounds like him. You know what, Lou? Wasn't Steve Perry? Nope. Wasn't Steve Perry? So Steve Perry, while they were recording uh, their their last album with him, raised on the radio, uh, his mother became ill. So while they're doing the album, he's going back and forth checking on his mom. Unfortunately, she died during the production of the album. Yeah. Thanks, Bones. Thank Bones, you, Bones. He's so he's so sympathetic. I love that guy. Um, so anyway, she, she passed away during the production of the album and his absence and total exhaustion over this whole thing has kind of took the toll on it took its toll on the band. And they ended up disbanding in 1987 after the uh, Raised on the Radio tour. <clears throat> um, and, and Steve just he did some solo stuff and things like that. But he was just like really not into performing. Uh, so uh, in January. Uh, oh, in 1998. They replaced Steve Perry with Steve Ajeri, 
who I like to call Steve, not Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the guy. And that's the guy we saw. And he was a great singer. He, he is. He, I've he, met he, him. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah. great, nice showman. I mean, he did the little Steve Perry dances and stuff, mm. and it, it was really fantastic. Steve um, Perry dance. Steve, not Perry. Uh, however, though, by 2006, Jerry was suffering from vocal attrition problems. That's exactly what his voice sounded like, Lou. Exactly. Oh. And yeah. Like a pixie. <laughs> like a pixie. Um, unfortunately, he could not continue, and his last show pixie. was July 4th of 2006. So after that, to, I guess, finish uh, doing their shit, Journey hired a, a fellow by the name of Jeff Scott. Now, he lasted about a year. Not um, Jeff Scott Soto. I don't. Just Scott. I, just, just, Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott okay. Yeah, okay. not Jeff Scott. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So at this point, Neil begins to search for a new lead singer. And he's. Ex- <laughs> the Gremlin. Neil? That's a Gremlin. <laughs> Neil who? Neil Schoen. Neil, not Neil Peart. No. No. He, he didn't sing much. <laughs> so Neil Schoen, yeah. the guitarist for Journey. Yeah, he's one of the founding members. One of the founding members. In case, in case kids at home don't don't realize. Used to have an afro. Like we're referring to these guys like yeah Neil. Oh, uh, you know Steve, Neil. You know, I mean, like, like we know that. Like we hang out with Wait, him, which we do. About? Who is that? Sometimes. Well, which um, is fine. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but occasionally we have to we let the audience in on what's going on. Because you know what, kids, we're old. <laughs> we used to listen well, to eight I'm tracks. No, you're not. You're very young <laughs> and virile. Because in 2000, I was 18. But go ahead. Wow. I should have took you to the concert. <laughs> I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> I looked at my ex-wife go, who's that girl? <laughs> but anyway, so Neil is like exhausting. He can't find. So just out of desperation, he goes to YouTube and finds this guy on YouTube, a Filipino guy named, uh, Ar- uh, hold on. I have it written down. Even though, even though I know the guy's name, Arnel Pernetta, uh, who is a Filipino and he's singing in a cover band in the Philippines and he did a cover of Faithfully, spot, spot on, spot on. I'm doing with the little spot on, right? So, uh, you know, it's all kind of, you know, the rest is history thing. Um, they are. He's still with the band. Uh, he joined the band in December fifth, two thousand seven. Uh, still with the band. I mean, with COVID, did we stop I'm it? Sorry. Holy for <laughs> I forgot to turn it on the first part Somebody. of the podcast. I don't even Somebody remember. Stop him. <laughs> it's like but, I'm playing um, with my toys. Sorry. Don't yeah, yeah. Me. I mean, with the COVID, you know, whole COVID thing and stuff, I mean, things are going to been put on hold and everything like that. But Arnell's still with them. Uh, so didn't do so well with uh, Steve, not Perry. Um, but they, they did have some, they, they, they recorded new albums and things with, uh, Arnell. And, uh, so that's my, uh, that's my contribution. I, I, I want to, since, okay, I'm going to yes, just sort of yes, digress. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Neil Schoen and Jonathan Kane did work with another very famous singer. Now they didn't call the band journey. They called it bad English. And they ah, worked with John, yes, they John, worked with John, John Waite. Yeah, and um, that is, um, I want to go mm. back and re-listen to that, but I think that I would still like it. Yeah. I know that I, the other band that they did, I don't know if Jonathan Cain was in Hardline. Was Jonathan Cain in Hardline? I, he was not. Okay, that was a Neil Schoen project. Right. And yeah. another one of those journeys not doing anything we're going to, but I want to play you, I want to play. Yeah. Neil loves to play. I mean, Let's he's create a, he's all a, the bands. He's a musician's play. musician, but... Yeah. Um, um, and so that 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 I know that I love that project, yeah. but I have to go try to refresh my my memory on bad English. But um, yeah, so interesting. But they were smart enough to not like then stay away from Journey. Like they didn't do mm-hmm. you know they didn't do any mm-hmm. of that. Right, you right, know? right, right. Can, you know, it's it's like um, uh, it's like Slash, like doing his things like and stuff like that. But, but Velvet like Revolver, yeah, but yeah. not you know not doing not trying to relate it to Guns and Roses at all. Right, right, you know right. What I mean, yeah. Um, Very but cool. yeah, the, 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 that's a good that's a good pick. Uh, Pittsburgh, oh, Picks, Pittsburgh, 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 Pittsburgh. I'm gonna. I mentioned this guy in the um, back to the beginning of when I was doing the intro, and th- that this is uh, John Frusciante. Uh In a band full of Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Josh Klinghoffer has always been a bit of a banana. <laughs> okay, I just say this. This is from um, grunge.com. Okay, we're, st- we're, we're reading their news. So, But in any case, um, uh, he eventually left again. But um, he was the, uh, he did not initially replace John Frusciante. Um, John has serious drug problems. 
and um, uh, was out of the band like like in the '90s for a while. And Dave Navarro was the guitarist mm-hmm. for Jane Jane's Addiction. Dave Navarro, and J- it it wasn't like a quick stint. Like he was in Josh Klinghoffer was in was as well in, in the band for a while too. Um, but um, they had a tempestuous tempestuous uh, relationship w- with with John. Um, but uh, everybody knows who th- this is. Um, there's a strong contingent of fans still pining for for Shante's return. Um, you know, you know, even after Josh had been in the band for a number of years, they did a couple albums with him. So he got like a little ticked off when the subject of Shante was broached uh, on a you know some you know so, some some radio station or something like that. And he said it got really annoying. And he said uh, he said on one hand it's kind of be an honor to be part of the Chili Peppers. Um, uh, but you know, he says he thought we're totally different people, and uh, he says anyone that would try to compare him to John Frusciante is an idiot, <laughs> and that didn't go over well with anybody. Nope. You know, and and this is the case with with um with a couple of these p- picks on here are people that like insulted fans and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you know, it, no, that's not that's not going to get you anywhere. Um. But yeah, the the my opinion is, I to me, the reason John people like John's playing so much is because he was playing with Flea and and Chad Smith. Mm-hmm. That's why, mm-hmm. because the foundation they laid allowed that kind of playing right. to, to you know to exactly. sound, to yeah. sound really good. But I mean, my you know I think that technically Dave Navarro is a way more interesting guitar player. It's just my opinion. John is a like. Jesus kind of playing Hendrix licks. And I know there's people that are going to be listening to this and are going to hate me, but (laughs) it is the Ludini rock and roll circus, not your name rock and roll circus. (laughs) Okay. So you start your own podcast. You can say whatever you like. Um, And I'm not saying that John sucked or anything. It was a personal opinion. It's just what I, just what I personally, just personally, what I, what I uh, like. Um, But, um, they didn't like the the fans didn't like the public criticism. He also got uh, in trouble for criticizing criticizing the band's recording technique, and um, he didn't like concert attendees taking pictures during the performances. Like he was, you know, you kind of got the feeling that like Josh was kind of like, just kick me out of this band, like please. <laughs> I'm really like, what, like what I'm else can I yeah, do I'm, or just, say? Just throw me out. I'm really like. I've had it with this shit, um, but he's done other stuff. Like he's a kind of uh, utility musician. He's a uh, he plays multiple instruments. So he's worked with people like Pearl Jam as like a you know third guitar mm-hmm. player mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that. So he does he does a lot of he's multi talented guy. He's not hurting for work. You know he's he could be out at any time touring with anybody mm-hmm. as as a as a utility musician, and that's probably what's best. You know, he just may not like the spotlight either. Like a lot of these guys that play in the studio and are support musicians, they kind of like enjoy playing and stuff like that, but they're kind of happy to not be the guy who can't like walk to his hotel room. Exactly. You know what I mean? They don't really need any of that. They're okay with the rest of it. They're like, you know, um, and I think that that might kind of, that might be part of what's going on with Josh. Like, you know, and I think he's probably happier just kind of being a supporting guy and like just getting to play the guitar in in front of a lot of people. So anyways, that's my... uh, Pick for this round. Two cents. That's my two cents. (laughs) There you go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) Wow. One. There you go. That was the You're best. You're getting one. the hang of this. <laughs> okay. Now, what do we got next? All right. V6. So I'm gonna tell the one you just had up on the screen there, the NXS story there. <laughs> oh, um, so no I, no, I don't have anything on the screen. I'm doing this all from memory. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you already told people you weren't I'm, doing that. I'm being a silly boy. Anyway, for people who don't know who NXS is, I have a little backstory on please, it please anyway. because you know this is a band that we don't really talk too much about. and we don't they, they don't get enough fu- love yeah a great fucking band yes australian rock band formed as uh the ferris brothers in 1977 in sydney new south wales um for 20 years nxs was fronted by michael hutchins whose magnetic stage presence made him the focal point of the band he was fantastic he was like the next uh, jim morrison live? i've never seen them live. Well, i'll tell you my Sorry, after okay. we go ahead. And I'm jealous if you've even seen them live, so I'm going to punch you after this. <laughs> um, sadly, on November 22nd, 1997, <sighs> Michael Hutchins was found dead in his uh, Ritz-Carlton hotel he room. Day. He real day. Yeah. Um, he was um, 
he ruled Hutchins the, the coroner ruled Hutchins death as a suicide while depressed and under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Yes, it's very sad. Um, and they had a couple of uh, people replace Auto him for a little bit. Asphyxiation. He was depressed because his daughter was. It was autoerotic asphyxiation. I don't care. Just like uh, Kung Fu died. That's how oh, he Kung died. Fu. That's how he died. He, yes. he did. Uh, no, they, listen, it was an accident. They yeah. were checking their belt. And, you know, if you have it around your waist, you could barely see it. So you put it up around your neck so you can see if it's. And then one thing led to another. Anyway, they did a few one off performances with different guest singers until 2000 and then made John Stevens the official lead singer for three years. Stevens left a band in October 2003 to pursue a solo career as those musicians do. Um, he had he just uh, did his contract obligation. He did like one song called I Get Up. Here comes the annoying part of the story. Um, what's the best way to honor a leg like a legend? What's the best way? Yeah, let, let's let's have game, a reality a game, show. A game show, yeah. This is how <laughs> we're gonna pick our next singer. We're going to like honor the memory oh of God. and and you know, and honor what you know Michael Hutchins was to the band by, you know, picking the we're gonna do a game show, essentially. Let's call it really what it really is. They call it a reality show. It's a freaking mm-hmm. game, game show. In excess yep. yep. returned to the news in two thousand and four when it was announced that a new reality television program titled Rockstar in Excess would feature a contest to find a new lead vocalist for the band uh the show debuted in 2005 and featured 15 contestants vying for the position of the lead singer um the show who cares why who was produced by because i don't care brooke, brooke burke was on it she was hot whatever um i was yeah. disappointed in the outcome it was um there were far better vocalists nobody than... was gonna like okay i'm leaning i gotta talk on the microphone uh, nobody, nobody was going to fill his freaking shoes. No. This is a band that should have been like, uh, was a, we had a great run, and like it's a shitty thing that happened. Right. That like we're all going to go, the Ferris Brothers go and do a, like a different project. Right. Uh, in 2000. And you uh, could still, you wrote those songs, you could still play them if you want to. Right. Like nobody can stop you from playing your own songs, but just do something different. I'm right. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> September 20th, 2005. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. J.D. Fortune won the 11 week competition, which J.D. Cul- Fortune culminated in his singing The Rolling Stones, You Can't Always Get What You Want and In Excess What You Need. Uh, the finale to, um, during the finale to become the new lead singer of In Excess, J.D. Fortune went from homeless to superstar and several weeks he was an adequate replacement at best and i'm being nice about that uh he started getting way too deep into cocaine as you know the brand new rock stars like to do and all the rock stars like to do but he was brand new at it he had money out the wazoo at this point for the first time ever after the 23 month tour the band let him know that his services would no longer be required she does cocaine gave him a handshake and ditched him at an airport in hong kong he left the same way he started homeless and broke and now a new drug addiction Nice. To keep him company. Congratulations. Congratulations. J.D. Fortune, thank you for ruining J.D. Fortune. <laughs> That's not a real name. That's his name should be J.D. Misfortune. <laughs> J.D. Dumbass. J.D. Dumbass. J.D. Fuck up. <laughs> so they ruined an excess from JD forever. Up. Oh my God, that was, yeah. I come from a long line of fuck ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's today's fuck up going to be, J.D.? <laughs> Oh well, uh, Grandpa thinks it's going to be a, a side of in excess mm-hmm. with extra help and the cocaine just dribbled all over the top of it. Yes, sir. Fuck the in excess. Just give me the cocaine. <laughs> in excess. <laughs> um, that man, you know, if you've never seen them live, you may go, well, well they could have replaced. No. Um, he was Michael Hutchins was, he was... Right up there with the great frontman, like it's really unfucking fortunate because he was Bono, um, Jim Morrison, like a bunch of them, like all wrapped up in one. He's a beautiful Don't, man. Yeah, it was very good, very attractive man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and he could get the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand uh, without being <laughs> without being um, cheesy. Or you know whatever it was it was he was just he was just ab- absolutely wonderful. I saw NXS live on the Listen Like Thieves tour. So this was when What You Need was the, the that was a mm-hmm. big single, and the song Listen Like Thieves is a great song. There's a, actually the whole record is really good. Um, but it was before they had the Need You Tonight and those really right. big big pop hits, and it was at the Syria Mosque. Wow, remember that? Yeah. And it wasn't, so it wasn't even like a big, like, arena show. Stop it. Against Pittsburghers, you remember that? And 
they sounded and looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I, but there was something very hilarious that happened at the show. Yeah. So, um, and I, you guys, I know I've told you guys this story before. I'll tell it to the audience. Um, <laughs> That'd be he, nice uh, of you. <laughs> so I don't know what song they're doing. I don't know what song they're doing. Uh, but Michael Hutchins all of a sudden has vanished. He's on Where the. Where he, he go? I'm sitting there. I'm looking at so he's on my. So I guess the stage left, my stage right, mm-hmm. and he's over kind of on that side of the stage. And and then I don't know what happened. There was a guitar solo, something that had caught my attention for a second. I looked though back, and he was gone. He had just vanished. And then so so the members of the band are playing the song, and <laughs> you can tell they're vamping. They don't mm-hmm. know what to do, and they're all looking at each other like, <laughs> what uh, do we do what's now? happening? <laughs> and then all the way, all of a sudden, something caught my attention. Off the, the corner of my eye on the left side, I looked over, and there is this figure crawling, mm-hmm. fighting to oh get boy. back on the stage, like oh. on the opposite side. Oh of the, Lord. And he's his shirt's all ripped. He's missing his shoe. <laughs> I was his there. Hair's disheveled. He's he had his belt around up. his neck. Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, he had a belt around his neck. Oh he had God. belt around his neck. I mean, he was jacked up. Oh Lord. And he he got up. Onto the stage, and he got the he 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 made the band stop, and he like, said to everybody, he says, now. "Look, he says he says we're all we all trying. You need to calm down. <laughs> he, says, I, he says we're all having a good time, but just he says just calm down, just let's like let's relax a Sit little. Sit me down, bit. everybody. And then they then they did whatever. That's all he said. And they did the next song, and he played the rest of the show like that. Of course, he was Mike Hutchins. He was a beautiful man, sexy as fuck, even with one fucking shoe oh. running around on stage. <laughs> Sounded great. Just wow. carried on, and I just rem- I just felt like I was privileged to like a really fun. Rock and roll moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was kind of like a Spinal Tap moment. Yeah, exactly. That they had, you know you what I mean? Witness it live. Yeah, and it was just a so awesome thing. That was a great memory. So I love that man just because he gave me that amazing memory. That's very cool. But he sounded great. Played great. It was a great band. I <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you do you remember like after that first rock? What was it? Rockstar was that the name of the Rockstar in Excess? Yes. Uh, there were rumors. The next one was going to be Rockstar Van Halen. Do you remember that? I remember that. I remember, so that and I'm happen. like, I will watch that. It could be funny. It would have been. A, it would have it been. It would have been. Oh yeah, because those guys had such a great, you know, sense of humor. Oh, yeah. or or Eddie just would have been drunk and an asshole. It would have been even better. <laughs> it's like Eddie was like a drunk asshole yeah. the whole time and yeah. telling people to go yeah. fuck themselves. So. Maybe they did film it and Sammy won, and we just didn't know. <laughs> it could have been. You never know. Ended up back with Sammy Hagar again. <laughs> well, how are you doing? Oh, that was. Oh, who's funny. next? I guess you... I. I guess I am. So there was this little band back in the day called uh, Judas Priest. Yes. Never heard of them. Judas Priest. Now their lead singer, Rob Halford. Uh, wow, wow. Uh, fantastic voice, man, and he propelled those guys, man, into stardom, man. It made me fucking happy, man. <laughs> I was excited, man. Um, however, <laughs> uh, according to Rob, there was uh, miscommunication. Rob, you hemorrhoid. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh boy. Oh, you, we'll tell you that story later. later. But anyway, I but, uh, but yeah, but, but uh, Rob uh, leaves the band. He leaves the band. Um, no. So, yeah. <gasps> so this almost sounds like a movie. Listen to this. Almost sounds like no. a movie. There's this guy, Tim, in quotes, Ripper Owens. I've met him. <clears throat> what from, Have you really? What, from Young? He's from, he's from around here. He's from, like he's from Youngstown or something? No, I don't or know. Akron or something. something. He's from around this area. I don't know where yeah. he's from. Uh, anyway. That's okay. Okay. Uh, who, uh, this this uh, Tim, he uh, previously, jeepers, correct. Previously? Previously. Hey, kids, don't try this. I'm a professional. (laughs) He had previously sung in Winter's Bane, a band called Winter's Bane, and also in a Judas Priest tribute band called British Steel. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the the priest gets wind of him. This is just like a movie, like, almost. You know what I mean? That was set in Pittsburgh? There's... Right? This is so crazy. I'm, I think maybe they should get like Mark Wahlberg. He would be and perfect for Bananaston in it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some real rockers to play the band. Yeah, right. Like Zach Wild and Jason Bonham. That'd oh, be that'd awesome. be, that, I, don't say any more. I don't want anybody to steal this this idea from us. <laughs> Um, so anyway, this guy gets hired Stay by Judas Priest. He's a fan of Judas Priest and he gets hired by Judas Priest. OMG. Well, you know, you got it. Like when I heard that that happened, yes. I was always like, I don't, I didn't know what the band was going to sound like or anything, but what I said to myself Disco. was, 
I was like, good for him. Yeah, like, that's like, awesome. That who's who, what kid's dream? Like, it does who? What kid doesn't have a dream like that? That loves a band and you're a musician, and it turns out the band that you like love the most, like. You get to be in that in band. that band. I mean, that's like, come on, yeah, that's exactly. total. Like, so like, that's even, movie worthy, even, right? He, <laughs> right, and you're gonna tell the story and everything. But no matter what was gonna happen after that point, it was like, it was still so a cool. Even thing if that you happened. do one gig with them, yeah, you know, that's it was still awesome. like I was like, that's a cool thing that happened. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. But go ahead. So they hired the guy in 1996. He did more than one gig. He was with them until 2003. Well, that was a long, long time. That was a long time. I think they released like two albums, two studio albums. Um, and, um, eh, you know, I, I, I think the fans love Rob. You know. And I think Rob <laughs> knows. He's now, this is another guy who's like, you know, it is in, and look, I've heard rippers. I've heard Tim sing mm-hmm. and he has an amazing voice. He's a really good singer, but he's not Rob Halford. Right. He's just not right. like, you know, right. I'm not trying to like, he's just not Rob, not Halford. <laughs> <laughs> well, fans of Judas Priest do not worry. Because after 11 years apart, back in 2003, you're not going to believe this. This is like out of a movie, right? Guess who comes back? Johnny Cash. (gasps) Johnny Cash comes back. Rob, you hemorrhoid! (laughs) You got another thing coming. (laughs) Johnny Cash joins... No, wait, that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, so so Rob comes back. I kind of feel bad for, for, uh, you know, uh, Tim. But just like you said, though... You know, he got to do it. He got to do it for how many years? Yeah, he got to do it for man. a long time. And like, yeah. really, like, if you couldn't parlay that into getting into another band or something, oh yeah, you, you, what the fuck are you doing? You should be able to turn that into exactly, something. which he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. But uh, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, good things happen to those. You know, you made like friends and connections oh, and all yes. kind of stuff. So yeah. So like, his I was girlfriend like, looked like Jen- Jennifer Aniston. So that was very yeah. He had a girlfriend. He he dated Jennifer Aniston <laughs> for a while. You know. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I just Stand thought that was, up and shout! No but boy. he did, he was in the band for, this wasn't somebody who was like, um, like, like our, our friend Mitch Malloy, who like, you know, poor guy, you know what I mean? Like was in Van Halen for like 20 minutes, <laughs> 20 minutes, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Mitch. and, uh, but he, no, Mitch is great. Where I'm just kidding. Mitch was, did me the honor of being on the podcast. He was a great dude. That's um, cool. but, um, this would like he they did something with him for a while. They put out some albums. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. Uh, what I want to add to the story is Rob Halford started his own band at this during this era that I fucking love. It was called Fight, yes. and it was super heavy. Like it was like it was like um, okay, I'm not a Jewish priest anymore, but I'm gonna prove to everybody that I'm as heavy as fuck. And like it like when he those records came out, I was like, this is perfect because it was like. Real modern, but still real heavy, but not grunge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, did you ever hear those records? Yeah. They're very good. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool that he was so like, we were like, because we didn't know what he was going to do. Is it going to sound like a throwback? <laughs> is he going to go, you know, is he going to do an acoustic? You know, because like acoustic. a lot of older rockers were kind of like <laughs> mellowing and stuff. Right. No, no, no. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. And oh, it was, he kept they kept that band going for a while. Um, so that was a cool thing that happened. Like, and so I always looked at situations like if Ripper had stepped in, we never would have had fight and would have had all that really cool music too mm-hmm. and he got back together anyways so it's like happy win ending. win yeah. win <laughs> it's all good stuff it's all good it's all good stuff speaking of heavy rock and um yes. you know this this is a tough one because i look this is arguably maybe my second favorite band led zeppelin is probably my favorite but mm-hmm. my second favorite band is probably black sabbath really <clears throat> i didn't even know and um this is, I mean, I'm, I hate to talk smack on my boys, but they did a record, and, and you would think, you know, when if I'm going to say this record, and I'm going to say the singer they got, and you would think it would work, sound like a sounds like this mm-hmm, would work, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk. So we talked, we, we touched on Van Halen. I think that's going to come up again yep, later. Yep. And it's the same situation. This should work. work. So, Ozzy's not in the band. Mm, how about Ian Gillen from Deep Purple? Like <gasps> brilliant, <hello>. brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, how'd that work out? Well, you know what? I'm gonna ask um, Bones Magoo. How did that work out? Uh, exactly. That's how that worked out. Um, 
Balls deep sounds like a good time, yeah. not always. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. So, um, <laughs> so, goes the nitro. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gillen came on board for the band's 83 release, Born Again. And okay, and this was, uh, you know, an experiment in clashing styles that made headbangers bang their heads against their stereos. <laughs> Not even Gillen's soaring voice uh, could hide his corny lyrics. You know, uh, even though he bled through in song titles like Zero the Hero and Disturbing the Priest, uh, which rubbed up uneasily against Sabbath's dark, gloomy vibe, the collaboration only lasted for that one album after which Gillen returned to Deep Purple. Thank God. And Sabbath fans were left wondering how anyone thought that pairing was a good idea. The answer should have been obvious as guitarist Tony Iommi uh, recounted in an interview later, years later. He invited Gillen to join the band after the two got drunk off their faces at an Oxford pub. So Black Sabbath can't yeah. even make a giant mistake without doing it <laughs> in the most metal <laughs> way possible. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. Um, listen, um, I think that this record is interesting to listen to. Um, it is, it, you know, it, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know who produced it off the top of my head, but it sounds very weird. It's in, it's in line with, a, what was that metallic album, St. Anger, that everybody mm -hmm. kind of like mocks? Mm -hmm. You know, it has a kind of weird, <coughs> weird production on it. Um, nobody sounds sound right. They doesn't you know it's very bizarre. Um, I, that doesn't help it. That that doesn't that doesn't help it either. Um, but it's not without some of its merits. And I think like if as a sort of time capsule of kind of like how, where their heads were at that time, it's kind of interesting to go back and listen to. It is by no means like great. But if you're a Sabbath fan, I think there's a couple things. There's some moments to like on that uh, record if you haven't listened to it in a long time. So give it a give it a listen. Born Again also had a kind of controversial title and album cover. Mm. <laughs> when they kind of like demon in the title Born Again and like kind of <laughs> sort of their whole like sacrilegious thing going on there, which uh, in 1983 was really like that was a way to push people's buttons for sure. <laughs> Scary. So yeah, Ian Gillen uh, stepping in 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 uh, Black Sabbath just just didn't work out, guys. Sorry, 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 sorry. So uh, let's see where we are on time. Oh wow, look at us! It just flew right by. We're having a good time. So we don't have time to do too many more. Um, so we're gonna go around the room one more time. Round robin. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Wolf's Customs dot online custom. Uh, paint jobs and artwork on your musical instruments, rockrageradio.com. Download the app and please visit Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Access to uh, uh, live uh, versions of the podcast where we, where we can take questions and uh, comments and things like that, as well as uh, our video archive and tons of stuff. Uh, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus.com. Speaking of that, I know we're still short on time, but we should. Are there anybody we need to shout out to on our uh, Facebook uh, thing going on? Uh, still Bill Damiano and Chris Thunderwolf. We also have Michael Goltz and Tracy Sampson watching. Tim Johnson. Tim! Confirmed he is from Akron. Hey, look at that. <laughs> so I thought. So I thought. Um, and John Steichen. I'm sure. I'm sorry if I messed your name up. Uh, welcome, John. <laughs> welcome. I don't know if your first you, time you've hung you out with us. You think his first Thank name you. is Joan? No, usually, the last name. Oh, the last name you messed up. Hi, yes. right. um, <laughs> John. <laughs> Just messing with you, John. <laughs> Um, uh, Tim is my rival son's brother. Where we hang out at rival son's concerts, and I'm sorry, uh, Tim, I was not able to go to the one that was a couple weeks ago here in Pittsburgh. I'm dealing with uh, some family issues, and those getting getting to concerts at the moment is not going to work out real good for me at the moment. Um, so, <clears throat> what do we got? What do we got? We got Motley Crue, little John Karabi replacing Vince Neil. <laughs> Karabi. I, really I had little? this on my list, but I was definitely going to not do this. I know this is Lily's, <laughs> you know, these are Lily's boys. Vince Neil left the band in February 1992 following the release of Decade of Decadence album during a period in which most other prominent glam metal bands of the 1980s were breaking up or otherwise seeing their popularity decline. Because yeah. of the grunge music scene. Yeah. Uh, it remains unclear whether Neil was fired or quit the band. Six has long maintained that Neil quit while Neil insisted he was fired. They were all sober. They were all cranky. They were all burnt out mm. from doing the um, Dr. Feelgood tour, which was right before that. Um, 
so they had their little spats here and there, and this one basically just stemmed from a bunch of fuck yous in a rehearsal studio. <laughs> it went from I quit to you're fired, and it was handled idiotically. Yeah, well, you can't fire me. I quit. Well, you Pre- can't quit. You're fired. That's pretty much how it is. <laughs> the management. Oh, no, you did it. <laughs> you did. The management just let one of the biggest bands in the world break up. In the running uh, for the vacant frontman position was Kick Tracy vocalist Steve Sh- Stephen Chereau. Unfortunately, or ultimately Neil was replaced by John Karabi, formerly of Angora and The Scream. Uh, although Motley, uh, Motley's self-titled March 1994 release made the Billboard Top 10 at number seven, the album was a commercial failure. People hated him. Prompted many negative reactions uh, from all the fans due to Neil's absence and its sound. Karabi suggested the band bring back Neil, believing that the latter would always be seen as the voice of the band. And this eventually resulted in his own firing in 1996. <laughs> uh, Karabi spoke about his, uh, his time with the band and his thoughts on the first record with Motley Crue. Karabi said, my record was the first record that they had done that didn't go platinum. Didn't make some sort of crazy noise and everybody panicked. I know many Crue fans uh, who do love this album, though. Me. Me. Hooligan's Holiday is probably my favorite Motley Crue song. I'm sorry. That song kicks fucking ass. And the production on that record is stunning. Everybody rocks. Karabi sounds fucking great in that band. I'm sorry. But about 85% of fans don't like it. And even McMurray's... I know. I like Dave Navarro. (laughs) He's the weirdo. It's fine. Mick Mars even loved it, though. He he always fears that he's going to get in trouble for saying that because he and Nikki Six are best friends. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I was okay with it. I don't love John Karabi. I've seen John Karabi solo stuff. That's great. Um, I, I understand why fans... I, I totally get it. If you were a hardcore Motley Crue fan, I was not. I was a kind of casual fan. I'd rock mm-hmm. out to whatever was on the radio. Didn't think too much about them one way or another. And I just thought it was a really cool song. And I like... I think the guy's a great voice. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you got, Mr. Pittsburgh? So, I know you wanted to talk it's about It's Mr. This. Pittsburgh! Hey, everybody! Hi-yin. Mr. Movie Phone. <laughs> Mr. Movie <laughs> Push one now. <laughs> Um, so I know you wanted to talk about this, so I'll bring it up. Uh, between, we all know the story of David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen and then Sammy Hagar winning the rock star Van Halen competition. <laughs> and, you know, and they did they, they, they did fantastic with Sammy. And, uh, and then Sammy left through and, and nobody can get a straight answer why he left. Nobody will ever know. Yeah. And um, but then in 1996. Uh, Van Halen, I think it was management, came up with a great idea. Hey, why don't we get uh, that Gary Sharon fella from Extreme? And so from 1996 to 1999, Gary Sharon was in Van Halen. Well, he was in there that long. Yeah. Question mark. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's crazy. They released Van Halen 3, which, huh, did not do well. Nope. Did not do well. But I know you wanted to talk about that, so I figured I'd... I'd no, go the, ahead. Good. You want to see what more I, to say all about it? Eh, that's all I have. Sure. Okay. Um, This is so interesting. This again is a lot like the Black Sabbath, Ian Gillen thing, where you look at it and go like, Gary is on paper, great great singer, (laughs) like, and he there, and 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 extremes music. You is definitely influenced by Van Halen, of course. They're total Van Halen with the the way they do the vocals and everything. Very influenced by Van Halen. So you could go, you could definitely go. And I remember as they were recording the album, there were like interviews with them, and they got actually. There's an interview in uh, one of the guitar mags where they got they interviewed themselves them together, Uh and and they they sound like they they had great rapport, and there's a lot of humor and everything, and the record came out well i think that there's a couple of things going on here um uh i think it's really not gary sharon's fault like the people that want to blame him i think are i think that that's silly <clears throat> it definitely is not his fault um look at what when when did that record come out uh came out uh what 98 1998. Nine, 1998. Van Halen 3. Yeah. What? Where was Van Halen style music at oh, that point? It was not. It really wasn't really happening. Yeah, it wasn't happening. Okay, and 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 if you listen to that record, they did change their sound a little mm-hmm. bit. The, the mm-hmm. song, like the the song that was the big single, I can't remember the top of my head. Um, uh, it has a little bit more modern kind mm-hmm. of rock sound. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I don't want to say it has. It definitely has this sort of alternative rock kind of influence. Right. A little right. bit of that. Yep. That's a little bit yep. of that's in there. Um, and um, th- th- it was kind of already over. Yeah. That's this is so so like 
not only did they, it wasn't like at the point in when Van Halen people still wanted to hear that type of music and everything like that that they could go and get Sammy Hagar and mm-hmm. they really reinvented themselves and you know sounded great with that but it was a people still wanted to hear that kind of music right and there was just there was just too many balls in the air with this like between the music business the, the music sound shifting the music business shifting um the uh um because extreme, they weren't really in a big band at that time either. By that point, they they right. you know they, they were defunct at that were, time. Yeah, right. they really weren't doing anything, so they weren't like a top selling band or anything like that. So like, they didn't really have you know many you know other than the fact that Van Halen name, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really have any like cachet in the business other than like that name, and they would have really had to do something insanely brilliant. Like it would have taken like something like oh wow amazing right. I don't know work with Rick Rubin or like something yes. really like major to like to to pull that to pull that off or you know and it just they yeah. got lucky the first time they got really fucking lucky because like usually as we've been talking if you guys seen this evening kids that that this doesn't work no. <laughs> you try to do this mm-hmm. and it just does not work for the, for the most part. Um, we're not talking about, by the way, bands that like started out, you know, with somebody different and then they got somebody and they became iconic. Like we're talking about replacing the iconic people, right? right. You know, so yes, Paul Diano was the, sang on the first couple of Iron Maiden albums, but we all know it's, it's Bruce Dickinson. Like that's, you know, that's not, you know, so we're not talking about th- those type of situations. We're talking about these situations where the band is, you know, mega. They you know, have big records out, and then all of a sudden you try to pull a bait and switch on the fans, um, and it just it, it just it just doesn't work out. But I I think blaming Gary Sharon is a little it's it, it is a more than it's not one thing. It was mul- it was multiple things. Yeah, it just yeah. and the, and again, and I would argue too, just like I said about the Van Halen about the Black Sabbath album that the um the, the this record has a weird sound. It's it doesn't. The vo- a lot of people said the vocals sounded kind of buried. It, a lot of people said it just sounds like Eddie's guitar and everybody else in the background. There's kind of that going yeah, on. Yeah. So, eh. So I think there's more things Trying going on. Trying too that. hard. Yeah. yeah. See. So I would, um, I would definitely say that. I would like to get before we on the last one here. I would like to wrap up with this thing, and I would like to get your opinion. Oh, on good. this, because I think that there's some people that think that this. We could also talk about Wolfgang Van Halen then, mm-hmm. and them doing that, and a lot of people were very upset that Michael Anthony wasn't in right. the band. But um, oh, there's some with Fleetwood Mac replacing, getting oh, yeah. um, uh, the guy from um, uh, not Crowded, yeah, Crowded House, mm-hmm. and Mike Campbell to right. You know, so it was funny every time they try to replace Lindsey Buckingham, they have to get two <laughs> guitar players. Yeah, exactly. They can right? never do it with one guitar uh, player. That's I got to tell you, ever. Um, but um, and then there, you know, there's some flap with some flap about um, Axel playing with ACDC. L- let me just clarify this. I don't think that this counts. No, it, he, it was just for one tour. Yeah, he was filling in because Bri- they had these shows booked. Brian could not perform. He was just helping out. Yeah, I don't think they ever intended to like record an album with right, him. Or right, right. He, he was would never, have done it yeah. anyway. He was just he, <laughs> he was, was a like hired gun. Yeah, you know, he was kind of a hired gun, and uh, you know what an honor to get asked to sing yeah. for ACDC. Mm-hmm. Like who would like turn it down? Um, so I think I that you know Grunge <laughs> yeah. has this on their list, and I just that kind of doesn't don't no, think that it, no. none of nobody was ever thinking he was going to replace Brian Johnson. Exactly. Uh, they you know at all costs they wanted to work with him again. Um, so this is the one I wanted talk about um i'm ready for this and oh this boy. is the alice chains thing because wow. i've seen this wow. okay Live. so okay so they spent the first half of the 90s one of seattle's biggest grunge bands you know uh, no excuses rooster wood they had these mm-hmm. giant songs singer lane staley like again he's like an iconic singer like hard guy to replace not just because of his voice but just because of the whole vibe of the band um so and uh, he overdosed as rock stars do okay <laughs> um he uh you know you know so he was he was just he just had a lot of problems and he passed away um so guitarist Jerry Cantrell embarked on a solo career for a while and um and Allison Chains decide, decided they were going to try to reunite at some point okay so Come the Fall is the band. William Duvall was a singer. And um, so they had picked him to replace Staley. 
Um, he had to audition though, and the uh, and he beat out better known candidates such as Vin Dump Dombrowski of Sponge. Oh, okay. Oh wow. And Scott Weiland. Okay. Now wow. Scott Weiland, you could have heard Scott Weiland yeah. singing for the for yeah. them, of course. Uh, but Scott was in almost Scott was in the same shape as Lang, except he wasn't exactly. dead yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was yeah. hanging there. He was still alive, but he wasn't in good shape. Nice. Um so those would have been interesting versions. Um um, uh, Duvall doesn't imitate Staley and he's an okay vocalist um, he's singing but he's singing another man's very personal songs about anguish menace addiction uh, Mark Beaumont of The Guardian called Duvall a charismatic presence but said that uh, the reformulated Alice was uh, both a tribute act to themselves and a touring public health warning against substance abuse <laughs> critics can be so fucking cruel yeah, man. Like but that. not wrong uh, yeah, yeah. Could have been worse. Producers of the reality show Rockstar Approach, Alice. Yes, Jane, I was going to talk about, about that. using <laughs> oh, a series to audition singers uh, to be a singing vocalist. Um, they were like, hey, it worked for NXS. No, it didn't really it work. It didn't out. actually do that. <laughs> no. No, it did not. Oh. No. Um, but I think that um, I, I don't like this at all. I don't like the, this Alice no, and Jane. One bit. I saw them live. He's a great singer, he's fantastic. However, the critics are not wrong. It is a tribute band now. It is mm-hmm. not an original band. He, like I said, his voice is fantastic, but he, whatever this says is wrong. Uh, he is trying to be Lane Staley, mm. and it's not working. And he does have a drug <laughs> message in between every single song. So that part's right of it. And it's, it was just kind of sort of boring to me to watch them perform live i saw them out at star lake a couple of years ago and i'm just like ah, eh, you know bring back I got the, the heroin guy yeah. <laughs> bring back the heroin guy. you guys need to do more hair it's like um uh, i'm not gonna get into that but um <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah I, I think that that is a great way everything i've seen of them with this that's what it sounds like to me um i don't know like i'm not jerry cantrell he's like um you know i mean these guys are legendary but I would think a better approach. Now you got to understand there are massive pressures on you because you have right. this huge band with these huge songs, and like and you want to still want to hear them, they still want to hear them, and mm-hmm. you want to still be relevant somehow. Like yeah. you all of a sudden, so I I think that that this is a kind of like mediocre thing to do. Like I I think something now this would have been daring, and it may maybe it never would have been successful, but I think something better to, to have done would have been to get somebody who sounded nothing like. Um, like Lane Staley, m- totally mix it up, do something completely like crazy. Maybe not even do Alice in Chains, but like get the three of them together. Like mm-hmm. do uh, here's a really good example. I keep coming back. It's like Velvet Revolver. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. There's this guy, and when you saw him live, they did Guns N' Roses songs too. Okay, and they also did um, a couple Ultra Bridge songs. I think. Yeah. No, no, Ultra, not Ultra Bridge. Um, um I know who you mean. I'm thinking of the other guy, yeah. um, uh, Miles Kennedy, but they also did, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, so, so they were able to sort of cover that territory and make the fans happy, but they, because they didn't call it something that had a preconception to it, they were able to be really free to just make a totally original record. Mm-hmm. And that record, I like fall to pieces. Those are killer yeah. songs. It's a yeah. good fucking record. You know, that's a band and, I, I was sorry to see go. I was like, oh, really? You're getting back with Guns N' Roses? Oh, bummer, man. Because like, I would love to hear more Velvet Revolver. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like maybe the, the Alice in Chains should have taken the approach of maybe doing guest singers and doing an album. Like, guess oh, Well, that's what Slash did that for a couple of albums right. mm-hmm. until he settled mm-hmm. on Miles Kennedy. So those records are very interesting, by the yeah, way, yeah. if you ever listen to that. But in any case, um, so you've been listening to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Um, and that is our take on, um, you know, these replacement musicians that just did not do it for the fans. Um, those are our sort of personal opinions about it. And um, you may think differently, but you are clearly wrong. <laughs> you are clearly wrong. Um, or we are. Yeah, either or. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Flip a coin. Uh, this day in 1955, okay, Kevin, you'll know this. Okay. The Famous Flames. You know who the Famous Flames were? R&B group, the Famous Flames, lead singer yes. by the name of James Brown. I know that James guy. Brown. Cut their first demo of Please, Please, Please at the radio station in Macon, Georgia. It would lead to their singing with King Records. Their signing, excuse me. I'm in my well, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we, and it was one of them. We didn't talk about Ian Ashbury 
with the Doors, um, which they did not call themselves the Doors. It was a uh, they called they called themselves something else, but they went out and um, did like a Doors tribute. You remember that when Robbie Krieger and Ray Manzarek oh, yeah. worked with Ian Ashbury? Uh, the Doors played their first night of a month long residency, uh, Odine Discotheque, Middletown, Manhattan, uh, on Big this day, nineteen sixty six. Yes. Um, on this day in 1968, George Harrison released his first solo album, Wonderwall Music, on the Apple label. The songs, which were mostly Harrison instrumentals, featured Eric Clapton and Ringo Starr and an uncredited banjo contribution by Peter <laughs> Tork of the Monkeys. Why is Get this the third time here. I've heard about Wait, Peter Tork today? Yeah, we're with Peter, Peter's <laughs> Tork. He was talking as Peter. I was yeah, watching but, Wings, and he was on an episode of Wings today. Wow. The, 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 the reason we're all excited is the monkeys are actually playing here in the Pittsburgh area tonight. Shout out to our friend Bill Thomas. Bill he's, Thomas. He's uh, what's he doing? He's providing security uh, for the monkeys. He's the only guy there. He's the only. He's the only one. Guy. There's not much. Yeah, call yeah. They for don't that. really not for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love the song "Suspicious Minds" by Elvis Presley. Mm. That's a great. Song. I love that song. Uh, Dwight Yoakam does an awesome remake of it. Uh, went to number one on the U.S. Singles Chart uh, on this day in 1969. Really? Yep. Um, uh, t- uh, Nineteen seventy on this day, Joni Mitchell. Okay, Matthew Southern Comfort were number one on the UK singles chart with their version of the Joni Mitchell song "Woodstock." Mm. Um, Elton John started a three-week three-week run at number one on the US singles chart with "Island Girl" on this day in seventy-five. I, I like that song. Uh, Nineteen eighty, Springsteen scored his first number one US album with "The River." Nah. With a number 44 mm-hmm. single, Hungry Heart. Hmm. Um, and Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, come on. That's Somebody really does. not nice. Maybe their mother does. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Horrible. Nice? <laughs> horrible, horrible. You're a horrible lady. You're a horrible person. Oh, my. Oh. Jim's happy birthday to uh, producer, lyricist, composer, Rick Steinman, most famously of Meatloaf. Fame, but wrote things like Total Eclipse of the Heart and making no, no. about nothing at all. Who'd you say, Rick? He met Jim. Rick, it's Jim. I was going to say it's Jim Steinman. Did I say Rick? You did. Yeah, you did. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's that? Rick, I was looking at Rick. You, that's his you brother. Saw Rick I saw Simon. Rick Gretsch ahead ab- above oh, there, which Rick, I wasn't going to talk Rick. about. All right, don't worry about that. Uh, David Foster, Canadian huh? musician, producer, okay. composer, arranger, work with the Bee Gees, John Lennon, a million people. Happy birthday. Dan Peak of the band America. There you go. Yeah, who also went on to do a lot of uh, Christian music. He was also a minister for a while. Mm-hmm. He, uh, by the way, Dan passed away in Aww. 2011 of Aww. COVID-19. That's, that wasn't um, a thing then. Wow. <laughs> Happy birthday to Lyle Lovett, born this day in 1957. She's no lady. She's my wife. That's true. Uh, Eddie McDonald, bass guitarist for The Alarm, one of my favorite yeah. bands of all time. Speaking of the Red Chili Hot Peppers, Anthony Akitas <laughs> was born this day. Uh, the hot red chili peppers. The chili red pepper hots. Mm-hmm. RHCP. Anyways, Rick Allen. There he is. Rick One Arm Allen. I was going to say, it's Rick's birthday. Uh, let's give him a off. let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> Lou, why did you Lou? Lou, that's wrong. <laughs> Lou. Oh, um, left arm was lopped off in an accident involving a Corvette. Stingray. There you uh, go. On the A57 outside of Sheffield. Oh, Sheffield. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that might be it. Okay, now we're going to just call it a day. There you go. Uh, on we're that happy it. note, we're calling it. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Go to LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. There's all kind of cool shit there, including our YouTube archive, um, access to our uh, private face group, Facebook group, face group, face group book. FB. Red ch- Chili Hot Peppers. We call Red it FB. Pepper Hilly Shots. Um, RHCP. <laughs> R-H-C-P-P, tell them what it means to me. Anyways, uh, Wolf's <laughs> Custom Scott Online. Hi, Chris. Cu- <laughs> <laughs> and I've lost, com- I just snorted. Oh, um, he's lost control of the that podcast. lost control real. of the podcast, it is, it is. And Keith isn't even here, I can't blame it on him now. Nope. Um, so, uh, so uh, check check those things out at rockrageradio.com. Speaking of rockrageradio.com, I, I worked that segue out. It took me a year, but I got it now. Yeah, Speaking of rockrageradio.com. You know. Oh, I have a show. Sorry. I thought there was more to your story there. I have a show on Thursdays, Spotlights with Lily Six, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can download the app for free or go to rockrageradio.com. Oh, it's magical. And that's my radio voice. Yeah. And Pittsburgh Kevin, have you anything to add 
to this uh, hour of debauchery and just total, total, totally nonsense. Chaos. Well, I, just, I, I, didn't wanna, I was waiting until the end to announce this, but I'm the new lead singer for Judas Priest. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to wear the leather? Wait, I have to wear leather? Yeah. It's kind of a chaps. prerequisite. Assless chaps. And hats. Or chapless yeah. asses. <laughs> what is that even? <laughs> That's if your ass has no chaps on it. Uh-huh. Your ass Mine's smooth like a baby's bottom. Oh All right, guys. Not thank really. you so much. Uh, next week, we will be doing uh, an album. Ooh. So we're going to be talking albums next week. We're going to be talking about a classic album. We're going to do a sort of deep dive into it and have some fun with that and um, make fun out of anything sacred because that's, what we, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. Guys, have a great week, and we'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See ya!